and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Hey Matt, we're back again. It's Black Friday weekend and I know this because my wallet is really, really <laughs> freaking hurting right now. I did my Christmas shopping. I went half seas on a, my first ever 4K television and I uh, actually bought a brand new mic and camera, the same one you have. So hopefully, you know, editing the show will be easier for you and it'll look better. I, I spent more money than I care to admit. <laughs> I, I'm glad it's over now. You're glad it's over. I, I haven't spent all that much. I've spent some money. Like I bought like a bunch. I bought like 20 or so Warhammer paints. Uh, plus I got these, I found these really fucking cool McFarlane toys do Warhammer Ooh. figures. They're like, they they're like proper, like the size of like their, their DC toys. Oh, wow. And they do versions that are unpainted so you can paint them. Oh, nice. So I bought a couple of them cause they were doing, having like a sale on one of these websites. So I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to get some of them and paint them up. Cause they're like a big proper, like they're like mm -hmm. a six or seven inch or something. Nice. You are yeah. uh, going to be playing Dark Tide when it comes out on the 30th? Uh, it's already out, isn't it? Uh, it's out in like, uh, what is it, like beta for certain people. Uh, okay. Certain people got it early, but the official full game doesn't come out. Okay, I, I am looking forward to playing that. Yes, it looked great. All right, we might have to play that together because I really liked Vermintide like way after the fact, <laughs> like everyone else stopped playing it, but I <laughs> loved it. Yeah, yeah. Cosmic Rejects. I brought bought weed. It was very cheap on Black Friday in Washington. Good, good choice. You know what? That's the one place I didn't hit up the dispensary. I can only imagine what it costs. Yeah, oh, that's great. <clears throat> yeah, I, I was worried too getting this 4K TV because it's my first time ever having one, and I'm like, oh no, do I, I? I don't have any DVDs. I haven't owned anything physical in forever. Do do I have 4K stuff to play on this? Turns out Netflix at like the highest bracket actually does. So I turned on like fucking David Attenborough's Planet Earth and I watched The Fish for a little bit. Nice, nice. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get yourself some 4K Blu-rays. I I bought the um I just bought this weekend the the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit blue uh 4K ah. Blu-ray sets. That's too funny because I went on a, what is it, uh, Amazon Prime after that and put on the first Lord of the Rings because mm -hmm. I had to figure out the sound setting and I had to figure out the picture setting because the factory standard is never right. And no. I figured this is this is a good one to put it through its paces because it's a beautiful looking movie with an amazing soundtrack. And uh, before I knew it, I was just watching Lord <laughs> of the Rings and you had it to happens. text me. And you had to be like, Joel, uh, are we still doing a show tonight? You haven't sent me the news. Yet. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's Saturday. God damn it. I can't just sit here and watch Lord of the Rings. I have work to do. <clears throat> so that's what I did. And we almost didn't have a show tonight. So everyone thank Matt for reminding me. <laughs> that's uh, that's what my night's been. Uh, how far are you in Pokemon? I've uh, almost completely beaten Scarlet and Violet. Uh, I, I'm not really too far because I've been focusing on God of War, but I did Naturally. I did beat my first gym leader. I beat that uh, nice. bug mummy lady. Bug mummy baker. Yeah, yeah. A, lo a lot of the gimmicks get but, really pushed together in this. But I think I might have been overpowered because I absolutely fucking wiped the floor with her. Well, because bugs are super easy. And if you have the yeah. fire starter, then yeah, yeah, you can basically wreck their shit. Yeah, I had the fire starter who was evolved into its second form. Which is your ghost, so yeah. Yeah, and then I went and caught a manky and, and a ghastly. Nice. Yeah. Nice, good shit. I uh, I did the Elite Four. I did, like, all the big end-of-game content there. And let me tell you, when you get to, like, the end parts of, like, the three big stories and you have your rival fights, holy shit, are these some of the toughest, most well-constructed rival fights I've ever seen in a Pokemon yeah. game. 
Oh yeah, they all have six, all fully leveled with amazing move sets to basically counter everything you do. It was literally mm -hmm. mental chess. And then if that's not hard enough, when they get to their last Pokemon, they can all terastalize. So any plan oh, you had also gets thrown out of the Fantastic. window. Man, that fight against uh, Arvin. Holy shit, he has one of the most well-constructed teams. He's, he is harder to beat than the Elite Four and the Champion, easily. <laughs> I dusted the Elite Four and the Champion. Arvin almost wrecked my shit. Oh, no. Yeah, he is super <clears throat> tough. And uh, by the time you get to the end of the game, that's when you can actually get, like, your future and past Pokemon. And that's where I'm at now. I'm just about to go there. And I'm like, man, they really make you wait till the end to get these. Yeah, okay. But yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Love it. Great stuff. Some of the best rivals, I would say, in any Pokemon it's, series in a long time. They're all very complex cool. and interesting. Yeah, I, I did some of the, um, those, uh, uh, star team, uh, you yeah, know, those, yeah. like the bases. I, yeah. I, I like the idea that you, you have to run through the base and like fight like 30 of their Pokemon, but you mm -hmm. use like, but it's in like the open world. So it's not like stop and do a battle yeah. or, or anything. I thought that was a, quite an interesting, uh, mechanic. It is. It's a nice change of pace because usually uh, whenever you would do like a rocket hideout or an evil team hideout, it would always be a big maze and you have to fight 20 mm -hmm. of the same grunts yep. with a fucking Zubat and Eradicate. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is getting so tedious. Yep. I played X and Y for the first time uh, in the lead up to this new game because I was just trying to catch up on ones I never played before. I really fucking hate Team Flare now because, oh my God, the same battle. You beat the boss and then you're like, okay, I'm getting to the end of this game, right? And then they still throw like 10 more grunt fights at you. I'm like, why are the grunts fight? I just beat your boss. <laughs> just beat your boss, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to beat me with the two you have. You had a team of six. I am <laughs> so going to kill your ass. And I did. But yeah, that's what I've been up to. Uh, again, you mentioned uh, 4K DVDs and how you got Lord of the Rings. Uh, I actually have a bunch of DC stuff on my Amazon wish list right now. The Batman, Peacemaker, The Suicide Squad, because I'm probably never going to get uh, HBO Max. And I'm like, oh, I'd like to rewatch these at some point. Yeah, I, I would assume I haven't uh, watched The Batman in 4K, but I assume it's probably pretty fucking good. I bet it's great. And I think that would be a great way to revisit it when the time comes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what our week has been, everyone. Uh, kind of a short week in terms of news and comics, but uh, we're going to spice it up a little bit by later on talking about the Guardians holiday special and also Andor, which both uh, came out this week, the big finales. Yeah. So, yeah, we got, uh, we got a good show this week for you, everyone. I think there's going to be some fun stuff. And to start things off, uh, a lot of stuff up in the air right now with Dark Crisis, the future of the Justice League and what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. But uh, Becky Cloonan may actually give us a look into what it could potentially be because to celebrate her big anniversary, Nubia is getting a brand new special. It's Nubia and the Justice League number one coming later this year. Yeah, this this looks to me pretty <coughs> cool. I like the idea of Nubia either teaming with the Justice League or like joining them for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think it's ever happened. No, I don't think so. Not on, not like, on like uh, Earth Zero. Yeah, not in this continuity, which leads me to believe, like, did the Justice League know who Nubia is? Did they know what her deal is? Did Diana get them up to speed? <laughs> She's my sister. Well, kind of. Well, I mean, all Amazons are my sister, but, you know, yeah, it's you a know, thing. You know. We're, we're all related, you know. We're, 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 we're all cousins in Christ. Yeah. Yes, we worship Christ now. How about that? <laughs> yeah, it got completely away with the uh, old pantheon. <laughs> 
it it is nice too to see DC get behind Nubia because that's a character people have said for years. Like, look, you want to diversify your roster a little bit. You want another big hero who could stand there with Wonder Woman. You got one right here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, she had a book there for a little bit, and she was, you know, very big in the Wonder Woman books. They had that big, massive crossover with the Yara Floor version, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. the goddess Wonder Woman, Diana, and then it all just kind of stopped. Yeah, again, it's the thing that happens with Wonder Woman. It starts and stops. Yes, yeah, so they start like a big status quo shift, or like something that's that like starts out really interesting. Like her 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 run at the start of Infinite Frontier was actually really mm-hmm. cool because it's like, oh, it's kind of like D and D. She's yeah. like traveling to like Asgard and like being with all these, all these different people, but then it just yeah fizzled out into like nothing. It's in a weird position for DC, where it's like, look, we always need to have a Wonder Woman book on the shelf because she's part of the Trinity. But at the same time, we don't really know what to do with her, and we're mm-hmm. not nearly as precious about her continuity as we are with Superman or Batman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think Wonder Woman's overdue for like fighting supervillains again. That's what I want to see. I want to see a return to like the Silver Swan and yeah. Doctor Psycho and everything. Ex- exactly. Yes, they need to like take her back and make her like a superhero, not like uh, I guess like DC's version of like Thor or like, you know, Kratos or something, something, you know? Yeah. They've been doing like the big cosmic, you know, Mm -hmm. magical mythology stories. Yeah. I just want to see her like foil a bank robbery for once. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be nice just for a change, a little, little refresh on it. Mm -hmm. And plus, you know, there's such like a great crop of writers at DC right now. I'm sure someone could really uh, knock that one out of the park if given the opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, from DC to Marvel, it was announced this week that Doctor Strange, Doctor Stephen Strange, I should say, will be returning in Strange number eight. For those who don't remember, they killed Doctor Strange off. They brought in a younger version of him, and then Clea became Sorcerer Supreme and has been in the Strange book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, if some of you don't know that, like I had to learn most of that, even though I think I read the stories that were adjacent to this, I was surprised. I'm like, really? They kept him dead for that long, huh? Well, it it, it seems long, but it really wasn't. It wasn't. No, not not at all. Which and it was really strange because I thought like, oh, he'll be back in time for his movie, but he wasn't. And he wasn't. Yeah. Shocking, right? Yeah. Shocking that he wasn't back in time for the movie. Yeah. What? When does Marvel ever do that? They usually love their multimedia. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just wanted to push Clea because Clea, of course, was the big uh, <coughs> post-credit. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> wanted to up her because they know that she's going to be more important later on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so if you're a Doctor Strange fan, bully for you. And if not, I'm sure this will continue to fly over your head because you could have easily ignored all of this. Yeah, it, it, I I never heard anyone talking about like that Strange run, so like... Same. Uh, yeah, I guess it was just like a comic that came I, out. <laughs> a thing that existed. Yeah, and no, none of the other books have like mentioned it at all or anything. Like, like I think Clea was in the background of the Hellfire Gala as Doctor Strange, and that was it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. She wasn't involved in like Judgment Day or anything no. like that. So yeah. No, that's right. You would think Sorcerer Supreme would have something to say about this, but I guess not. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it went completely unnoticed. Now, uh, something that didn't go unnoticed is that uh, Hulk, the series from Donny Cates, his tenure on the book will actually be coming to an end with issue 12. Yeah, nice quick 12 issues. Yeah, I mean, most writers would kill for a good 12 issue. Yeah, and I guess, like, he's got an ending to his story, and I guess this, it'll probably lead into, like, whatever he's doing with Thanos and whatever he has planned, because he's been dropping hints at that. 
Yeah, probably. And as far as the Hulk, it seems that they really want to clear the runway and get people all psyched for uh, World War Hulk 2 Return to Sakaar. Because <laughs> it looks like that's what we're doing in the movie with the Hulk, so it's time to do that in the book, too. Of course. Again, you know, Hulk's life is cyclical, don't you know? Mm-hmm. Time to do it all again. Yep. <laughs> Which, all right, that's fine. I'll check it out. Maybe I'll even finish Kate's Hulk, too, because, you know, Kate seems to basically write one big, long meta story. So It's been pretty damn good. Has it? Yeah, I mean, I feel so bad that I had to drop that and Hulk during Banner of War because I just had too much work. But, I mean, uh, my list is clearing up again. I need a nice, chill Christmas where I can catch up on all these books. <laughs> I was I was already trying to make up like my top ten of the year list, and I'm like I haven't read near enough books this year to fill a top ten. I oh really? 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 Yeah, because there's stuff I really wanted to read but never got to. Uh, One Star Squadron, I wanted mm-hmm. to check that, that out. That was great. Yep. That that new thing miniseries, I wanted to check that out. Mm-hmm. I never read Banner of War. I never read Hulk. It feels like there was a lot of books that completely slipped my radar this year that I'm definitely still going to need to see. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's many times you've pitched me books where I'm like, all right, I got to go read that. Now I need to actually go read that. Definitely. I know there's been a couple of them. Yeah. Hey, Stank Sinatra, when you do the best of uh, comic multiverse supercut, which you've done for us in years past, be sure to make that a segment (laughs) where Matt tells me books that I say I'm going to read. Oh, it'd be very long segment. (laughs) I'm sure it would be. I'm sure it would be like an hour long segment at this point. Also, my uh, my allergies are going nuts, everyone. That's why I keep touching my nose there. I swear I didn't do a big fat rail before we started. <laughs> oh, my perineum's gone. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Someone help me. Ugh. Why do I do this to myself? Tastes like hairspray. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was basically all the big news that happened this week. We didn't miss anything else, Matt. Nothing else broke this week. It feels like we're in kind of the holiday lull right now where no one yeah. wants to announce anything. Yeah, I can't really. I mean, I guess we can talk about like um, Bob Iger is back at Disney. Oh, yeah, shit. That did happen. Holy shit. Friggin' Chappick fucked up so hard. Like, goddamn Doctor Who, he regenerated into the old guy. <laughs> It's got everyone wondering what the fuck he did. Cause they, they announced that like, usually when stuff like this happens, happens on a Friday, like, yeah. so, so there's like the weekend. So the stocks don't like tank or anything. Mm. This happened on like a Sunday night. That's true. I mean, I don't think it was any one thing he did. I think it was the million little things he did, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. There's that, but like to have it happen, like so suddenly, like there have to have been something that like he was either going to fuck up or something mm. that he already did fuck up and is going to come out or something. Right, true. I mean, <clears throat> this guy was the master of the terrible fucking soundbite, where it's like, man, I don't think adults watch animated Disney yeah. movies. Dude, are you fucking serious? Do you not know your fan base at all? Do you all? not know what a Disney adult is? <laughs> For That's a real thing, and they spend more money than just about anyone. Yeah. To say nothing of, you know, him getting into that incredibly stupid, incredibly avoidable fucking pissing match with rob desantis in the Mm. state of goddamn florida yeah which that just which in turn ended up making a bunch of the you know queer people who work for disney basically turn against them and have a small civil war where it's like yeah hey turns out a lot of creators are actually queer people and you need them you dumb fuck yeah oh god reminds me of tracy morgan when he was saying homophobic shit and tina fey was like hey tracy you know gay people do your makeup and write your scripts and get you coffee and like everything else in hollywood maybe you want to like get your shit together dude (laughs) 
But yeah, so Iger's back now. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, as always, when big shifts like this happen, as Matt and I always say, you will not recognize the change right away, but you will notice it eventually. Well, that being said, does I mean, Iger was CEO before, so yeah. is it just going to be more of the same of like what he was doing Probably. before? Because under him, like it was, it was, from what I understand, quite good. Yeah, it was a golden age for a lot of people. Yeah. People were happy. People were making a lot of money. The park was thriving, too, from my understanding. I know that was another thing that Chappick just didn't fuck up a lot of stuff on the you know entertainment side of things mm -hmm. by saying dumb things and by alienating individuals. Yep. He also fucked up the park, which a yes. lot of people, you know, hold very dear and is an important cog in the Disney machine because all their media eventually feeds the park and vice versa. Exactly, yeah. So people are happy for that. I know a lot of people were quick to be like, oh, you know, the reason, you know, phase four was so bad was because of him. Like, OK, well, a phase four wasn't bad. It was just doing a lot of experimental things that a lot of loud people on the Internet mm -hmm. seem to take umbrage with. And also yes. your timeline's a little off there, friend. But sure, tell yourself whatever you want. <laughs> You know, where it's like, oh, Eternals would have been better. And it's like, again, your timeline is wrong, but sure, whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's that's an interesting piece of news, if nothing else. I, I always feel bad cheerleading for it. It's like, ah, oh, yes, this big mega corporation finally got back the good CEO instead of the bad one. I mean, this doesn't really affect me in any way, but still... <laughs> I mean, I guess, uh, I, I will say this for Chaffee, he was never not fun to watch, right? I know, yeah, everything he, like, said and did was like, oh, how's he gonna fuck up this time? Fucking Mr. Magoo. Just freaking, you know, stumbling into everything. Whatever mm. a dumb, whatever a dumb thing could be said, he said it. I feel like <laughs> him and Zaslov were, like, in a special rich guy bet yeah. behind the who scenes. Can, who can fuck up more? <laughs> yeah, who can say the dumbest shit? It's like, oh, I bet I can. Oh, I bet you can't. <laughs> You're on. Like, this is just what CEOs do for kicks now. They all just get together and decide who can say the dumbest things. Yeah, yeah. And then that's where Elon Musk came in. It's like, hold my beer, guys. Yeah, hold hold my emeralds. <laughs> hold my chaos emeralds, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to friggin' take everyone's favorite app over. Actually, Matt and I were talking about this before we started. Like like everyone else, we panic-joined several other apps in case, you know, Twitter fell apart. And because of that, we lost a pipeline to you, our audience who pays our bills and makes this show possible. Uh, I got a Tumblr account for the first time ever, and boy, have I never felt older than joining Twitter in 2022. Yeah, no, I've got a Tumblr account as well, and it's like, yeah, I, I no, I don't like this place it's because it's more about images is what yeah. it is it's more about artwork if i was like uh like an actual visual artist i think i would probably enjoy it more thank you though to the five like super hardcore fans of this show who are also tumble people who you know took my hand and guided me the doddering old man through it yeah if you're not an artist or someone who like ships characters then mm. tumblr really isn't for you <laughs> I feel like I really missed the opportunity during my Young Justice days. I feel like I really should have been uploading during then. Mm, yeah, probably. Also, thank you to the one person who was sharing Cape Joel comic multiverse work on Tumblr before I got there. Thanks, man. <laughs> so, so, I, I wonder if it's the same person who shared stuff uh, we did on Reddit before I actually got there. Thank you to that one person, probably, too. It's probably the same person, yeah. <laughs> Probably, because I've had Reddit forever, too, and I'm never on. I mostly just join apps to make sure that no one else can impersonate me so I can save my name and everything. Much like with Hive, I joined Hive 
it's got a good interface. It might be a good Twitter replacement one day, but it really hates my version of Android that I have. It crashed like 17 times. I've heard that from people who use Android. I use Android as well, and I haven't had it crash. I've had like some fucked up stuff with the UI happen, but mm. yeah, it's it's been pretty decent, you know, uh, overall. It looks good. I feel like it will probably be good one day. It's it's two people making it where it's like, obviously, this would be good if they took more money. But if they took more money, then they'd have corporate overlords and masters. And then we would just be in the Twitter problem all over again. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm i pulling for it because I know it's two people and I want it to be good because of that. And thank you, everyone who followed me on Hive. I never mm -hmm. actually publicly said that I was on it, but like 40 people followed me anyway. Yeah, I had a bunch of people follow me as well. So yes, I promise that's the real me that you're following on there. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> or is it? You'll never know. It might be Scroll Joel. Could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's me. I, I I know what Hive gets, what all the what like Mastodon and all those other ones didn't get, and that is it looks clean, easy to use, mm -hmm. works a lot like Twitter, and also has the celebrity endorsement. People forget yep. that that Twitter worked because you got to be closer to celebrities, and celebrities might like your joke and follow you. Yeah, but Mastodon, you need a fucking like engineering degree to understand what the fuck's going on there. Absolutely. And yes, as Chemdog says, Hive, the DC villain group, yes, they put together a new social media site and yeah. it's less evil than Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you sign up, they give you a yellow costume and a bee gun and tell you to go shoot the Titans. <laughs> Which honestly, at this point, you know, uh, at this point in my life, I, I, I think it's the best choice, honestly. <laughs> you know, they're job creators, these Hive folks, you see? <laughs> yes yes the hive mind from half-life also that yes it, it is funny as someone said so twitter and its logo is a bird right yes and hive and its logo is a bee right yeah so this is literally a war of birds and bees yep <laughs> <laughs> how about that hive is safe enough i mean is any social media site safe as we just found out twitter got hacked last year so yeah yeah I mean, being on the internet in general just isn't safe. I just assume that everyone has stolen my data already. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, what are they gonna do with that? They know, they know my birth date. Oh no. Mm. They have my credit card information. Cool. You know how much debt I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh no! They saw my dick pics. Yeah, it was pretty good, right? You know, I got the lighting just right and everything. <laughs> you know, it's not bad, right? You know, send me, send me some notes, hackers. <laughs> Is you have my tasteful nudes now. <laughs> oh, he's on that bearskin rug like uh, <laughs> fucking Smokey and the Bandit over here. <laughs> now they have it. <laughs> to which then they're just like, you know what? No more hacking for me today. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone should start an app called Monarch and it should be a butterfly. You're yeah. absolutely right. Oh my God, that'd be great. <laughs> that's what it needs to be you just rip off the monarchs logo from venture brothers <laughs> i'm actually back watching venture brothers again for a new writing gig i'm doing for a johnny two cellos over on his channel so i'm actually re-watching that nice he's a good dude uh johnny i actually co-wrote his pantheon video so if you haven't seen that yet everyone go check it out and tell me if you could pick out the parts i wrote <laughs> Because there's certain words and phrases that I think you'll be like, oh yeah, Joel definitely wrote this. <laughs> this this verbose, long-winded fuck, he definitely wrote this passage. 
Exactly. He used frickin' uh, 60 words when he could have used five. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So with that, everyone, I guess we can hop into the uh, spoiler cast segment of our show. Do we want to start with Andor? Do we want to start with Guardians, Matt? Uh, let's start with Guardians. Sure. This is the newest one. I watched this one last night. Boy, that was a fun 44 minutes. Yeah, it was, it was very wholesome. Yeah, very cute, very wholesome. I would say probably even more wholesome than the other two Guardians movies are. <laughs> though, though they do beat up a lot of cops and go to a gay bar, which I think is kind of amazing that they worked that in in a Disney Plus Christmas thing. Yeah, it's great. Look, I'm just saying that Drax and Mantis said gay rights are human rights and all cops are bastards is all yeah. I'm saying. And yeah. they got they, it in a Christmas they, they movie. They said it right to, down the camera, you know. <laughs> yes, they said it right to you. <laughs> So so I think probably the the biggest, you know, kind of reveal of this Christmas special, and I was not expecting a reveal when I went into a Christmas special, is Mantis straight up saying, yo, uh, friggin' Ego was my father too, so me and Peter are technically half-siblings. I don't know why everyone's freaking out about this, just because, like, yeah, I kind of got that when she said in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 she was raised by Ego, like, that, that makes her Peter's you know stepsister sister you know she was raised by the same father makes sense i don't know why this is some big revelation to some people yeah even if it was figurative and not biological and when she said i'm like oh yeah fair enough yeah and she's like and it's like well why didn't she mention it before well because lots of shit was going on between then and now also the whole point of this this show is that that it's her fighting with the idea of telling him yes yeah This this is basically Mantis's story. This is basically yeah. her forty four minutes. Yeah, it makes me wonder if she's gonna die in number three. Oh no! Her and Drax they get they get quite a lot of spotlight. Oh, <laughs> uh, they do. Uh oh. And Gunn said that you might be sad at the end of Guardians three. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Bacon having a ton of fun here, getting to ham it up, and also the voice of his wife, Kira Sedgwick. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was really interested in that. Also, do you think Bacon took the role not just to be part of something Marvel, but also so him and his band could sing? Probably, yeah. That feels very much like, I'll do this, but me and my band get to sing. <laughs> but but knowing James Gunn, he was he had that in mind already. <laughs> yes, oh yeah, like, for sure. Oh yeah, James Gunn, uh, it's like, oh yeah, Kevin Bacon, we like we referenced him in the movies and he is in a band do it, that does music that is very similar to what we use in The Guardians. Mm, absolutely speaking of which i think we can agree once again gun and company knock it out of the fucking park when it comes to the soundtrack on this one Mm -hmm. it's great every they use literally every great christmas song that is also just a good song on its own Mm -hmm. so you got the freaking pogues miracle of new york which they have right at the beginning and i'm like oh this is super cool man they're gonna have to cut around the part where there's a slur in this song (laughs) <laughs> we we all love that song we all listen to it every year and we're like oh god i forgot she dropped the hard f slur in this one out of nowhere <laughs> now it's like they're irish so it's like you know but still just ooh, ooh, that's a that's a thing we get smashing pumpkins we get the song that i only know from saturday night live i wish it was christmas today <laughs> I want an alien for Christmas. They work it all in. They even do a little animated segment straight out of the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah, the little animated segments were great because they, they, they had that art style that reminded me of like... like Ralph Bakshi rotoscope. Or like mid-2000s YouTube where it was like slightly like adult, maybe R-rated mm. animation sort of stuff. 
that that like you'd see around that era kind of like cartoon network aqua teen hunger force ish yeah sort of yeah. stuff yeah very very fun use of it again they're totally riffing on the star wars holiday mm-hmm. special and i love that they work that in and they even bring it back to give us some more fun stuff with yondu because they essentially give us the origin of his little tchotchkes yeah and how peter got his elemental blasters I love that. I was not expecting that. Once again, proving that James Gunn, even when he's joking around, even when he's doing a Christmas special, goes above and beyond. He's like the opposite of like Taiko Atiti. Whereas if Taiko Atiti did this, it would just be all jokes and no, oh. none of the none of the, that sort of stuff. Or, or he would undercut it with a joke. Not that there's anything wrong with a good joke. Or no, anything, no, not but... at all. In fact, I guess that was another piece of news that got bandied about this week, where it's like, oh, uh, Thor or Chris uh, Hemsworth says that he wants a radically different tone for the next Thor movies. Oh, he's rebelling against Taika Waititi and his vision. No, he said very nice things about yeah. Taika Waititi and yeah. his vision. Everyone leaves that last bit of the comment off. He just said that, hey, one of the cool things about Thor is that Thor 1 and 2 are radically different than 3 and 4, and if I come back and do two more, I'd also like them to be different. Yeah, and and it makes sense, yeah. Again, like like all the other heroes, all their films will be different from each other, and it makes sense to have Thor go on to something new. And he's right. I agree. If Thor comes back, they should reinvent the wheel on this one, especially because there's so many angles to Thor. There's, you know, the Viking Thor. There's the space Thor, the God Thor, the crime fighting Thor. There's so Mm -hmm. many different places you could take it. Yeah, absolutely. Also, GoBots are now canon in the Marvel Universe. (laughs) I, I love that joke. I saw it from a mile away, but I still absolutely loved that joke where it's like, oh, but they're going to be weird aliens on Earth. How are they going to fit in? Oh, they're outside the Chinese theater where all the street performers hang out. <laughs> there was one part I really love when they come to Earth and like the people see them. There's that one woman who just breaks out crying. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, that is exactly what it would be like after having to deal with like Tatari and Thanos mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Oh, God, aliens are back. We're all going to die again. Fair. Very fair. <laughs> checks out very much checks out uh also to james gunn again working in all of his freaking friends his brother sean gunn is there falula borg javelin mm-hmm. from the suicide squad yep. is the bartender yep i'm sure there's more costumed gags that i didn't catch the first time i'm sure friggin the trauma films guy is in here somewhere oh so yeah yeah andy kaufman's in there definitely somewhere Lloyd Kaufman. I, Lloyd I Kaufman. wanted to. And I no wanted Andy to pause Kaufman. on. <laughs> now that would be something. Andy Kaufman <laughs> back from the dead. As what was his alter ego? Tony. Uh, oh Clifton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Clifton. <laughs> back again. Back from the dead to be in this Guardians Christmas special. The last place anyone would think to look. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, it was solid. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, uh, it's very clear that uh, James Gunn is a scholar of Christmas movies. And on Twitter, he even said so much, you know, he as a kid, he was excited every year to watch Frosty and Rudolph and all these other ones. And he really wanted to have his own addition to the canon that people could watch every year. Yeah. And I think it, I think it fits in nicely. Very much so. And at 44 minutes, it's brisk. It's to the point. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm gets in there and it looks like everyone who made it had a lot of fun too exactly yeah yeah i think they made this during uh gardens of the galaxy 3 that makes sense yeah you know filled with fun easter eggs and everything to you know groot is now fully regrown again groot looks funny he looks he he i don't know how they've managed to do it but they managed to capture that 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 time 
in a person's life where they but they're they're a teenager but they also look like a little child as a teenager because he's got the big body small head yeah yeah he's got his gruff vin diesel voice back which i thought was funny too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Groot. friggin nebula gives rocket winter soldier's arm which i'm like oh yeah i guess he got a new arm so they had to explain what happened to the old one <laughs> yeah, yeah it's in space with rocket now <laughs> there you go there you go wow bringing that joke full circle that's really this whole special is just bringing jokes full circle mm-hmm. Like the goddamn Kevin Bacon joke where it's like, they say you saved a whole small town with your dancing and Peter saved the entire universe with his dancing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I guess they brought that joke full circle. Yeah. But yeah, fun stuff. Uh, Cosmo was really good. Apparently we're actually going to be getting even more Cosmo in Guardians 3. Yes, yeah, the, uh, she, she's going to be a main character, apparently, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I hope they don't kill the doggy. I don't think they will. There's a new character. Yeah. She's she's voiced by that uh that girl who was in that new Borat film. His, oh, his daughter. She, oh, she's great. Yeah. She's super funny and was like able to keep up with Sasha Baron Cohen mm-hmm. and now she voices a Russian space dog. Yeah. Love it. Great. Good stuff. Love it. <laughs> uh, I guess with that we can talk about Andor, which uh it had its finale this week too. A little heavier than the guardians christmas special <laughs> just, just just a little bit just a smidge you know i don't think this one will become an all-time uh christmas classic <laughs> <laughs> well you never know yeah you never know you know depending where the world's going maybe you know for the holiday season though beating the shit out of fascists is timeless so it know. really is it's good any time of the year yeah Man, I think I know what I want for my funeral. When I die, let us have four different marching bands converge in the middle of town and then take the brick that is my ashes and use it to bean a fucking fascist upside the head. <laughs> Please do. I think that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing how Gilroy is able to tie all these different storylines together at the funeral. You know, Andor returning home when he knows he shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got to save his girlfriend, Bix. You got that kid who builds a pipe bomb completely independently of Andor yeah. and what he was doing, which I love. Yeah, just decides, hey, fuck these guys. I'm going to go blow them up. <laughs> which ties in perfectly to what Luthen and everyone else is saying, where, you know, once the spark of rebellion starts, mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. You know, when everyone becomes a rebel in their own way and their own uh, acts of uh, defying the Empire. Yeah, it's it's cool seeing all these different ideologies meet at the same point. Mm-hmm, yeah you got uber fascist uh deidre there who for a second there you think that she's gonna get ripped apart by the crowd and i'm like yeah get that lady and then it's like ah oh, fucking snively oh, mcgee saved yeah, her that fucking bootlicker cyril saved her because that's <laughs> what he's good at hard <laughs> so hard <laughs> just weapons grade levels of simp and her being like it, it, it well i'm happy you saved me from getting torn apart by that crowd but also like are you going to kill me and wear my skin? I don't know. <laughs> this is like, this is a real like win lose for me. I'm glad to be alive, but also the worst person ever <laughs> saved me. He's going to take her home to meet his mother. Oh God. Yeah. You know, that's going to happen. <laughs> Deidre is so interesting too, because it's like, they make her just sympathetic enough where she's like, look, she's the only smart person in her office and everyone's always taking credit for what she does. And like, she's having a hard time getting forward in a man's world and everything yeah. that's like oh yeah you're space nazis though yeah yeah oh yeah you're, you're like a really horrible person yeah fuck you <laughs> yeah like, like i should feel bad for you 
<laughs> or it's like it's like I shouldn't feel bad for you, and yet the show is interestingly interesting enough that at times I do occasionally feel bad for you when I mm-hmm. shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> that's the wonder and beauty of the show. Mm-hmm. Even Luthen too, where it's like, wow, this guy's cool, this guy's awesome, and then you remember, oh, he came here to kill Andor. Yeah, now he's because trying he's... to tie up loose ends. <laughs> yeah, because he's also a cold-blooded motherfucker, which you need when you're fighting a rebellion. You can't all be nice guys. That's the problem. <laughs> You need cold-hearted motherfuckers, and he's even said as much, where it's like, yeah, I sacrificed my soul and my sense of morality for the betterment of the universe. Mm -hmm. Some fun stuff with uh, Mothma there, where it's like, ooh, is she planting seeds about her husband having a gambling problem? Because that can, you know, excuse her moving money around. Yeah, I I liked that idea where she's like, she's essentially gaslighting her husband into being like, you're you're a gambling addict. You're you're wasting the family's money. (laughs) And also them working in a good reference to Canto Bite. Yes, yes. If you want to gamble, go to Canto Bite. Hey, they worked it in. good shit it's fun shit there uh the droid oh i love the little droid oh b2 yeah b2 who straddles such this amazing line of being like slower younger brother and childhood pet all at the same time (laughs) and also too they the, the one guy there like andor's adopted brother best friend whatever you want to call him like actually treats the droid with love and respect like a person like, yeah yeah like we never see in any other show and i'm like oh so people actually do do this yeah yeah it's just like certain people in the universe treat them like garbage what's up with that i thought that was i'm like okay so andor is already the best show now because someone actually treated a droid like a real person with feelings <laughs> And it's like, okay, we can stay here one more night before you gotta go. And I'm like, oh, that's beautiful and touching. Yeah. I I did kind of expect the droid to die in that in that uh protest. Like I thought it was gonna Same. get like blown up or something, but so I'm glad that I'm glad it didn't. Yeah. Also, too, you know, if the subtext was completely lost on you, uh the jackbooted empire with their riot shields and batons beating up a bunch of defenseless, scrappy, dust covered people at a funeral. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that's that's a reference into. Don't don't worry, that'll fly over the heads of everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, people will do the mental backflips to be like, yeah, I'm the dirty, scrappy people at the funeral. No, you're not. You're definitely the dude with the riot shield and the baton. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Andor was super cool. And it's funny, too, you know, they end it on such a place where it's like, wow, what a really solid ending to this. But also, there's so many more places they could go if they want to, because Andor, like, never found his sister. And that was the whole inciting incident. Yeah, well, well they they leave that uh, that plotline off in a place where it's like oh she's probably dead like mm. a real bleak and i have to imagine i'll pick it up in season two at probably. some at some point and yeah I, i'm intrigued to see where that that one goes and i also like that they left it in i mean we know what's going to happen to andor we, yes. we ultimately know but i like that they still leave it in a place where you're like oh what what's luthan gonna do to him mm-hmm. what future adventures could he go on yeah yeah, so many cool places they could take it. And hey, they actually bring it back to the Death Star in a mm-hmm. way I was really not expecting. I kind of expected it. I didn't. I was genuinely surprised by that. And I'm like, oh, wow. So literally everyone involved in this story was directly tied to the Death Star without knowing it. Mm-hmm. The man who built the parts against his will will eventually die helping to steal the plans yeah. to blow we'll, it up. We'll, we'll die by the weapon he helped build, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, to even Mothma herself to being like, one day I will direct the guy who will go and blow this shit up. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah, it's great. Oh. It's great. Yeah, just just a lot of like huh, moments in this. Yeah. But the show wasn't very good because it had bricks and screws in it. Yes, I like that. That's making the rounds where I'm like, you don't don't break your arm reaching. It, it, it and it's done by a guy who he's a grifter. He's oh, of know. course, of course. That's a grifter so thing he, to and say. He, he, it's a Disney Star Wars product, so he can't say he likes it. So he's got to come up with some sort of backhanded way. Oh, it's all right, but this fucking screws and things that are in real life in yeah, star because wars because once you admit you like it then the grift is over yes it only it only maintains you know through complete irrational hate all the time yes but yeah andor super cool yeah. actually sad to see it go because i'm like oh man you, you yeah. really have kept going each episode was consistently good as the last also, love the way they put it together, where, like, every two to three episodes was basically its own mini-movie. Yes, its own little arc. And it progressed time, because I think throughout the entire first season, there's, like, two years. Yeah, yeah, because he's yeah. in jail for, like, a long time. Yes, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, and then he was on that Paradise Planet as well for a little bit. Yeah. Man, everything bad happens to Andor on the beach, you notice that? He gets killed on the beach in Scarif, he yeah. gets racially profiled and arrested. <laughs> he finds out his mother died in the space payphone on the beach. <laughs> everything bad happens to Andor on the beach, he just needs yeah. to fucking stay away from there. He needs to stay away from space Florida, yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> space Miami. Uh, oh, hey, the actor who played his adopted father, Clem, do we know him from somewhere? Because he seemed really familiar. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, fuck. Where... I, I, I literally looked it up because, like, when I first saw him, I'm like, I know that guy from somewhere. Where do I know him from? I'm just going to look him up because I, I, I did remember looking him up before because, oh, what was he in? He, he was in... Because he gets a very cool flashback this episode. Yeah, where with... he's teaching Andor and or the the tricks of the trade yeah how to fix stuff because he was a scavenger and i'm like oh yeah yeah i wonder if we'll see more of him in like uh, the second season yeah i mean it's just such a good inciting incident for andor it's like yeah he went to jail the first time because his adopted father tried to break up a fight between the empire and locals got shot for something he didn't even do and because of that andor went nuts and tried to beat up some stormtroopers and i'm like oh yeah that that makes sense that that all adds up <laughs> and then yeah. he visits his brick too in the wall yeah they they fucking hung him in like the oh, the on Rick's town Road. square yeah oh, oh. uh i'm looking him up now his his name is gary beetle i right. i'm not seeing anything that i've seen him in but he he does look very familiar doesn't he so familiar the voice yeah. is something did he do like commercial work or something? Cause like we really hear him talk in this episode. Cause he says more than just a few words and I'm like, Oh yeah, I kind of know that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. I would like to see more flashbacks with him in uh Marv. Yeah. 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 That stuff was really good. I, I imagine we will get to see more of like Andor's childhood and yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. Him growing up with, with uh, Marv and Clem and everything. I, I really want to see more of, um, the kid who wrote the manifest. Oh yeah, the the little Irish kid there who again I love Andor only really listens to his manifesto because he has to pass time because he has nothing else to do while he waits for shit to happen. I really want Disney to put out that manifesto as like yeah, like an like an ebook or something. Oh yeah, that feels like that needs to be like in the backup of something. Like if you buy the collector's edition of Andor on 4K DVD, you can read the manifesto. <laughs> 
Which is great, too, because that means Tony uh, Gilroy had to actually read, like, real deal anti-fascist manifestos and work it into the show, <laughs> which I think is awesome, you know, to make, not, it, make it sound good. Not only that, but also, like, tied in with, like, all the Star Wars stuff that for a guy yeah. who says he never liked Star Wars, he just, he fucking gets it. Yeah, you, you seem to understand it pretty good, Mr. Yeah. Gilroy. <laughs> yeah, you, you're not weighed down by the, the glub shittos of the universe. <laughs> yeah, which I've always hated that term, like, glub shitto, as, like, a way to, like, you know, shout down fans for liking stuff. Where it's like, yeah, you might not know them, but someone out there is super hardcore and does, <laughs> and that shouldn't be a bad thing. But I will agree, yeah, sometimes it is good to have someone who's well, not weighed down. Well, especially totally. in Star Wars, where that has, where, like, all the other series, that's literally, like, the draw. Where it's yeah. like, come watch Boba Fett to see fucking Luke Skywalker, and come watch The Mandalorian to see Boba Fett, and, you mm. know, all these characters where Andor had none of that. Yes, I think Andor is the first of these new Star Wars things that we can 100% unequivocally say worked on its own. Yeah, it had none of that, and every episode was fucking amazing. Yeah, worked on its own, yeah. which is really good. And I hope we get to see more of that. I hope Andor does good so maybe Disney will take more, you know, chances with it. Mm -hmm. I, I know at least we're, we're, I think we're getting two seasons of the show, at least two yeah. seasons, because there is, they, they've said there is a set timeline because obviously it's got to go to Rogue One. Yeah, of course, yeah. eventually. Wonder if he'll make his uh, robot buddy in the uh, next season. Yeah, they they've confirmed that K two is going to be in there. Wonder what that also means for B two because we don't see him no. in like Rogue One or anything. Yeah, I oh know. I hope he lived happily ever after. But it, I, don't know. I, I saw someone say it would be kind of cool if they they worked it so that like K two like B two is like destroyed and K two uh, is uploaded with like his like dark memories core or shit. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we were able to save some of his memories. Yeah, he'll sound like Alan Tudyk now. Yeah, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love Alan Tudyk. He's great in everything, says Andor. <laughs> then winks at the camera. <laughs> but yeah, so that's Andor. I mean, there's really not much to say about Just a really well-fucking-put-together piece of television. Yeah, I'm going to go back and watch it now that it's all done, because I imagine watching it, like, all the way through in, like, a sitting will be, like, really good good uh good on them for just exploring other sides of the star wars universe yeah. that we never see what's what's prison like here you know yeah. what's what's it like being like a native group under the heel of the empire what's space miami like yeah what's it like when lightsabers don't get involved and, uh, and everything uh. like space wizards and whatnot what's uh what's it like just being a fisherman on one of these empire planets yeah what's it like just being a senator yeah, yeah, it's not great, apparently. A, a senator in a government that's slowly becoming, like, a dictatorship. Yep. that That's crazy, too. They make the Mothma stuff so good, where she's like, yeah, I'm one of the last holdouts to this shit. I know it's getting bad, so I have to try as hard as I can, even if that means secretly funding, you know, resistance efforts. Yeah, they even make a reference to the stuff she uh, talks about in Rebels. The cool. the, the Dor Dorman Massacre. The mm. Gorman Massacre. Not the Gormans. Yeah, so I imagine that's going to be her story arc in season two. Because I imagine season two will take place around the same time as Rebels. Be yeah, pretty I fucking close. Yeah, I guess it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. And we got some Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, and he's always great as Saw. Yeah, we got just enough Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, ju just just that sprinkling. Yeah, he's he's out there. He's doing stuff. As Luthen says, you know, I am the axis for all of these different, you know, rebel armies with different ideologies and approaches. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, we all operate in cells, so if we get caught or killed or captured, we can't finger the other one. Yep. Hell, uh, I kind of loved the idea about Anton Krieger, who we know dies, but I actually would like to see more about him, where it's like, yeah, he was a separatist, and now he's fighting the Empire. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess... Again, all the, all the different groups of, like, yeah, the separatists ended up turning into the rebellion. Yeah, because I guess not all separatists would be on board with the Empire, especially mm-hmm. if you're like, I, I, I hate the Grand Galactic Council, stay out of my business, small government, small plants, ah, shit, an Empire, well, that's the biggest government of all. <laughs> I guess I'm going to fight them now, me and my backwoods droids. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Tevye Rebels is canon, it never was not canon. Yes. Always been canon. Which is why so many of the characters show up and all of the references they make this in everything. This is why the ghost is in Rogue One and Hera is in the new Ahsoka show. Yes. Yeah, why the the freaking, uh, what is it, the goddamn tapestry of all the Rebels characters in yeah. that upcoming Ahsoka show. Yeah. So many goddamn references. Hell, uh, the fact that Luthen is called Axis and uh, what what's Ahsoka's character when she Fulcrum. basically becomes... Yeah, when she basically becomes Fulcrum, becomes the same thing. Apparently that was a deal for the people who put all of these different rebel groups together. You took, what is it, like a mathematical uh, call sign. Yeah, name, yeah. Yeah, Axis Fulcrum. I wonder if they did that on purpose or if that was just a really great coincidence. No, and Tony Gilroy, it was on purpose. (laughs) It was probably on purpose, yeah. Oh, freaking Christopher Cantwell gets a reference. No, it wasn't Christopher Cantwell. Oh, who was it then? There was a Cantwell-class uh, yes, cruiser that yes, we never saw yeah, before. Yeah, it's Colin Cantwell. He's the guy who designed the original oh. X-Wings, Star Destroyers, Death Star, all of that oh, sort of stuff. Cool. He he died a couple of years ago, yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, that's a... pretty sure he died a couple of years ago. Great way to honor him, though. I hope I do something worthwhile enough that they name a cool Star Wars ship after me. <laughs> ah, yes, a daily-class cruiser. <laughs> See, it doesn't sound as good as a Cantwell class cruiser, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Daily cruiser kind of sucks. <laughs> Sounds like something you take freaking day drinking. It's like it's a party a, It's a space RV. It's a goddamn space RV. <laughs> uh, that sucks. <laughs> I don't even know what it would look like, but it sucks. A Star Wars RV, it'd be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I guess with that, we can talk about the books we read this week. I only read three. Two were horrible. One was great. <laughs> yeah, I only read a couple, and uh, we do share one book that was quite horrible. Yes, it was a light week for me. The idea, hopefully, being that I can catch up on those goddamn X-Men books that keep piling up now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have three that have been sitting there because Judgment Day just made it impossible to read them. <laughs> uh, where would you like to start, Matt? Uh, well, let's start with the, the, the some of the shitty books. Let's let's start sure. let's start with Dark Army, the Dark Crisis tie-in. Is this the most unnecessary tie-in in all of Dark Crisis so far? It's it's the most unnecessary, but it's one that should have been much more, much more than what it was. Yes, absolutely. The only thing this issue has going for it is the much-touted final real-deal debut of Red Canary, a character that they had been teasing and hyping up in the background of stuff forever. And she doesn't do anything. We don't learn her name. We don't learn anything about her. She doesn't do anything except uh, just be the whipping boy for Robin, who for some reason just has like a real fucking problem with this woman. Yeah, yeah, he's really got a narc on. Like, like I I know Robin's usually kind of like cold to like other heroes and stuff, but holy fuck, like everything, he's like, shut up, woman, you're a 
fucking stupid woman with no superpowers. How? Like, well, you so are you, fucking Damien. Yeah, you're too young and too untested. You're the youngest one here, Damien. <laughs> you stole your Eskrima sticks. I'm like, yeah, you killed people. <laughs> she ain't killed nobody yet. <laughs> also, the art's really freaking inconsistent in this one. Damien looks oh, goddamn 35 yeah, years old. No, I complained about that in my review. They, go, I, I like the idea of different artists for, like, different Earths, and they've done it before throughout this run. Yeah. But getting Freddie Williams, who has, like, a really cartoony art style and uh jack herbert to do the other side of the art no like like one's really cartoony the other one's like yeah as you said more mature and 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 detailed yeah it's really jarring it really did not look good it made the book ugly on top of just being mm -hmm. super unnecessary <laughs> what's even funnier is that wade wrote this and i'm like yeah. oh i guess wade's writing uh, friggin' Damien is a villain over in his Batman v Robin book. Did he just not stop writing well, him as well, a this, villain? This book had three writers. Oh, did it seriously? It, it was Mark Wade, Delilah S. Dawson, and Dennis Culver. Dennis Culver, I imagine, was there because he was he did stuff with Justice League Incarnate. Um, right. Well, I guess during, that makes sense. So, so he had to sort of wrangle them. But yeah, it's like holy shit. But also, like with Wade writing it, makes sense though. Where it's like, oh yeah, like yeah, Damien's like right is like a like a bad guy in that and then as well like the end of this book is like doc uh dr Mult multiverse being like hmm you're you, you know something big is going to happen in mark wade's run yep. go read that that's, run that's like that's all it was built happens. for yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like that's all he did is just mark wade just planted seeds for stuff that he's doing he's in writing. batman versus superman and lazarus planet yeah the, yeah the the only thing i kind of liked was Dr. Light and uh, Power Girl being like, hey, remember the original Crisis? Yes. We were there. And I'm like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, you were. You want to know something else I noticed that was quite interesting? Everyone Dude. on this team at one point or another was the newbie, like Red That's Canary right. was. But they never fucking do anything with that. <laughs> no, right down to Sideways, too. Yeah. Sideways is just happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. He's, I'm happy to finally someone knew I existed. <laughs> Yay, I'm here. Yeah, wow, I never thought of that. You're absolutely right. They were all the new people. Wow, way to squander an actually yeah. really good and, idea. And that could have been like the whole crux of the thing where it's like, hey, they've all been the new new people at one point or another. They can help Red Canary and teach mm -hmm. her and everything. Yeah, nah, nah. But they're all weirdly combative with yeah. her. And also broke my heart too is that we had justice league incarnate who were on top of this like dark crisis great darkness mm -hmm. problem before anyone else relegated to just being mind-controlled zombies and having no part in the bigger story i'm like wow that's really disappointing considering how good their book was yeah yeah i i know their book ended with them becoming trapped by the great darkness yeah. but and i would have thought at some point during dark crisis that they would have come back at some point like earlier in in this in the event like they like the heroes learn that they're trapped and they've got to go free them or something mm. whereas the whereas them being freed here ends up just being like kind of an accident because damien's yep. plan just falls apart and he realizes he can't control the dark army so he's like oh well, we got these heroes so let's just head back to earth earth zero and help out <laughs> Yeah, some of the most unnecessary tie-ins. I, I had a bad time reading this one. <laughs> We've got this tie-in, but we didn't get the one where the JSA are in the multiverse, in the infinite multiverse helping oh, people. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, they promised they that keep and they never peppering that. Them. They keep peppering that through the issues that, oh, Alan Scott's out there leading this, this army of the JSA and a few other heroes, but 
we're not getting a tie-in with that. We get this instead. Did did that get cut for time, or did Jeff Johns flex some <laughs> of his muscles and be like, nope, I'm writing them now. I'm the only one who gets uh, to write them now. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Because uh, that was another one. That one, uh, that one came out last week. Uh, the Lost Children. Yeah, yeah. Which again is very, very heavy. You know, friggin' golden age mm-hmm. sidekicks. It's all connected. Yes. Which you know can't can't have a tie with them <clears throat> then. And I'm like, look, if they were as bad as this, the, the John one where they like went and found a Pariah's machine. That one was okay, but like you know. Yeah, I I, I want to say this was the last tie-in, or at least one of the last tie-ins. I hope to fuck it is. Yeah. Because the story's already done. We're at the penultimate issue. You cannot add any more to a story that was already admittedly pretty thin. Fun, but thin. Yeah, yeah at this point, we already know what's, like, happened before. Like, because yeah. this event was obviously taking place before the events of that last Dark Crisis issue. Yeah. But we already know what's going to happen in that one. So, yeah, well, what's the point? Adds, adds very little. Yeah. Now, uh, to keep the negativity train rolling, I'll tell you the other bad book I read this week, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 14, the kickoff prelude issue to the Dark Web event. Oh, tell, tell me tell me why you didn't like it. <sighs> you know, Matt, <laughs> we, we have a great job getting to talk about comics and have fun and do shows for people and everything, but sometimes, sometimes it really feels like work when a big event like this starts and you know there's going to be like 12 tie-ins and it's going to go for three months and you're like, oh my God, this already (laughs) sucks and it's issue one. This is going to be a long fucking ride. This was one of them. Uh, I'm I'm so glad I didn't pick that book up again. (laughs) I was going to after, like during Judgment Day, just after it, I was going to pick it back up. I'm like, ah, nope. You know, you don't want none of this. You don't want none of this, do it. You don't want it. <laughs> it's not it's bad for you. <laughs> that's that's how I feel with this. So so once again, you know, it's been a running joke in this series that Spider-Man is like a secondary character in his own book cuz the last two issues were all about setting up the Gold Goblin. Mhm. Well, this issue is all about reintroducing Ben Riley and Janine, his girlfriend, at the end of the Beyond arc. Uh, Peter's not even in this issue. Oh, oh, cool. He's not even in the issue. In the book called Spider-Man, he's not in it. <laughs> so right away, this book reminds you about how bad the end to the Beyond thing was, where it's like, wow, why did you spend a year making us like Ben, you know, having us feel bad for him because this corporation messed with his brain, then have a bunch of goo touch him and turn him into a villain for no goddamn reason, and then have Peter think he was dead so he couldn't help him. Well, this reminds you of all of that in the first couple minutes, so already I'm a little upset. Then Janine, who despite digging him out of, like, the frickin' wreckage to save his life, decides, you know what, I can't can't live with you anymore, Ben, and this villainous craziness, because he's just straight up, I'm a villain now because of reasons. (laughs) She's like, I'm leaving you, I'm running away. And that lasts for, like, a page... Because maybe Beyond sends agents after her, but also maybe the cops catch up with her because she's technically still wanted for murder and only out because Beyond pulled some strings. So after that run and she decides, you know what, Ben, I actually, you know, forget what I said before about you going down a dark path I can't follow. I have decided in the span of two pages that I would actually like to be a villain now. (laughs) 
So now they've dragged Janine through the mud, which I think is actually worse than what they did with Ben, because I'm wor- used to them fucking with Ben at this point. But Janine, she was nice. She was yeah. the voice of reason. Yeah, yeah. She, she'd just gotten out of, like, prison, and she wanted, like, a new lease on life and everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so she's just a villain now, so we've just completely oh. 180'd her character. Is this a still, Is this the same writers as when Ben was uh, in the book as the main Spider-Man? Well, it's definitely Zeb Wells, because Wells was involved yeah. in Beyond. I don't know if he wrote that stuff specifically. Yeah, right. Oh, is it still, like, like five different writers? Like... No, no, Wells is the only one now. Oh, he, okay. He, he won that battle royale and came out on top. Oh, okay. <laughs> it still gets worse, though. So, uh, apparently Ben has been stalking Peter this whole time, and he just hangs out in front of his apartment to creep on him. Okay. And he ends up running into that debt collector who's been hanging out looking for Peter. Yep. And the debt collector who we've shown to actually be pretty smart and eloquent up until this point does the dumbest thing. He's like, hey, you're that Peter Parker guy who owes all those people my Dude, his hair is a different color. Dude, his hair is a different color. Can you not tell? It's not him. Nope, you're definitely that guy. You're the one. I'm going to go after you now, but I'm also <laughs> going to let you leave this time, despite the fact that I've spent nothing but, like, assumedly months sitting on this porch waiting for Peter Parker. I'm just going to let you go, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, ben and Janine's big plan is they want to team up with the Goblin Queen, Madeline Pryor, mm-hmm. because she's an evil clone, and Ben's an evil clone now. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll be friends. No, really, that's their logic. Also, to get to her, they have to get to Limbo. It's like, well, how the fuck are they going to get to Limbo? They're not brilliant scientists. They don't know magic. (laughs) Shut up. They just can. (laughs) And once they get there, Madeline Pryor's like, ah, shit, you know, I'd love to help you do evil. But like uh, Krakoa, they put me in charge of Limbo basically to keep me out of their hair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I help you out to get spider-man you know they're going to eventually realize that i'm not where i'm supposed to be so I'll, I'll just empower you two and you can go out and do the evil bidding and i'll just like hang back here just just promise you'll get gene gray for me while you're out there because i just hate her all the time forever <laughs> can you can you just get her for me and oh they also like imply a love triangle between ben the goblin queen and his girlfriend uh Oh. And I'm like, well, this is tedious. And then the Goblin Queen's like, ah, yes, Janine, you're evil now, so you're going to need powers and a costume. So she becomes Hollow's Eve. <laughs> and why she takes up a Halloween gimmick is so dumb. It's like, ah, yes, Janine, good. You have lived many lives and many masks on the run, but now those masks will be your power as Hollow's Eve. And I'm like, don't don't act like this is a character thing. You had that name and that costume already picked out before you did this. <laughs> so that's dumb. And they're going to use like evil fruit from limbo to feed Peter. So they'll steal his soul. And with it, his memories and some, it's just, it's just bad. Yeah. Okay. Everything about it is so bad and such a reach and just such massive jumps in character and logic. <laughs> It's, ooh, again, we're only one issue in, and I'm like, this is going to be a long couple fucking months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it is going on for months, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a long time. Ben's motivation is stupid. Janie's motivation is the worst, because it's just like, I need to stand by my man. <laughs> and I'm like, that's terrible. Even Goblin Queen's motivation is bad, because it's like, what the fuck do you gain from any of this? <laughs> She's just like, I'm going along with it because... 
Yeah, reasons, cause reasons. Because reasons, ugh. Everything about this is just ugh. <laughs> but that's that's that one, everyone. That's great. <laughs> yeah. People in the chat saying, I miss Nick Spencer. Can Kindred come <laughs> back? <laughs> well, you know, there is another Spider-Man book that's actually pretty good at the moment, which is and... that Dan Slott one. Yeah, that he's writing, that he's doing more with Inheritors. But, but people won't admit it's right. It's cool because it's Dan Slott. No, but people yeah. never admit anything. He, he he did something to a character ages ago that has been completely undone and has been for quite a while, but they still can't get over that one thing. No, I, I, people could never admit anything Dan Slott did was cool. He yeah. even said as much on Twitter, where it's like, look, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have had the original Spider-Verse, and you wouldn't have had Superior Spider-Man and Spider-Island, yeah. and like all, all this stuff you like now, you yeah. wouldn't have had. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you'll never give me my flowers while I'm here. And I'm like, that's fair enough, Dan. <laughs> I, I buy that. Yeah. Uh, so what else did you have, Matt? Let's uh, let's get a palate cleanser in here, please. Uh, I had Action Comics issue 1049. <clears throat> yes, I had this too, didn't I? Well, I, I, would imagine, yeah, I would imagine, yeah, it came out this week. Did it come out this week? Yeah. Why, why don't I remember? I, I, I uploaded it. Didn't I, did, did I read it and not upload it? Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Here, it's early. I, I did it first in the week. That's why I couldn't see it in my list because I did it first. Yes, yes. I enjoyed this one very much. Yeah, so it was more continuation of uh, Lex Luthor just being another shit heel towards uh, Metallo mm -hmm. who wants no part in, in his deals or anything, but... Lex classic shit heel lex yeah yeah but lex has of course uh kidnapped treaty uh corbin and uh oh. is holding her in prison to make metallo do his bidding with his new body made from an unmade and orphan box mm -hmm. uh so he's gonna be fighting superman in the upcoming 1050 which is apparently a really big issue Yes, apparently they say they're going to be returning Superman's secret mm -hmm. identity somehow. Yeah. Again, which is bound to happen. We're having a fucking yeah. universe reset with Dark Crisis. It's gonna fucking happen. <laughs> Everything comes back eventually. Uh, man, I love what they're doing with Metallo here. They're really making him a sympathetic character. Yeah, and it makes me th wonder if, like, hey, are we gonna get, like, a Metallo-Superman team-up? Like, is he Maybe. gonna somehow tell Superman about, like, his his, his uh, sister and Superman family? Are you gonna go and try and, like, rescue her? It felt like he was dropping hints to his favorite guard there. Like, look, I don't want to do this. They're yeah. making me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I really like that. Love what they're doing with the new gods and Orion and mm -hmm. Superman because they want to take our soul. They want to take the kid back to their planet because he has Ulgrim's fire. And Superman does a great job talking shit to Orion where it's like, you know, they said I was too dangerous to live on this planet because I was too powerful and I think I did okay. Also, what makes you the authority on this, mm -hmm. Orion? Your family history reads like a goddamn Greek tragedy. Yeah, yeah. What makes you think that you're best suited to take these children away from me? You're not. You're yeah. horrible. You're a horrible, horrible man with a horrible monster face. Yeah, with a with a gross monster face. I, I did see some people being like, oh, I don't like, you know, that they made Orion more of the villain. You know, they're really making him uh, like a bad guy just because of the way he was born. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what they're doing at all. Orion fears this kid because he fears himself yes. because he knows that had things gone differently, had he been raised by Darkseid under his sway, he could have become a much worse villain instead of just kind of a jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, you know, he doesn't see the good in Superman because he doesn't see the good in himself. This is literally all about him and his hangups. Exactly, yeah. And he's, as Superman says, he's, He's trying to sort of like cement his rule on Apocalypse now by coming to Earth and like 
like punching down essentially and like mm. trying to take this power for himself so that he can like cement his rule on 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 uh, apocalypse but mm -hmm. you know superman's not going to let that happen <laughs> yeah you're projecting my guy everyone can see you're projecting yeah. super hard yeah and, and in the end orion just has to like eat it and leave and he's like all right fair enough you win this round i guess we won't take the kid but i guess we will find a way to try and take the power away yeah yeah and the power works and the power is strong too yeah and, and again like superman has like a moment where he's he's able to like help help osul control the power and imagine that's going to be a running thing through yeah. the book coming up where they where he teaches them how to like control their abilities and everything yeah it's cool where superman's like hey you know don't let this great power define you don't mm -hmm. let people define you you know you decide what's good and right i'm like oh that's a really nice sweet lesson yeah same lesson he imparted to john not too long ago exactly you know it's superman being super dad you love to see it yeah you got to imagine too that with the sister this might create some jealousy where it's like hey it feels like everyone's really interested in my brother because he has god powers well i imagine i imagine they'll probably like like because obviously the superman family is quite big i imagine they'll do something with her where she gets to team up with i don't know supergirl or mm. steel or something you know she might maybe they'll do it so like she becomes more technologically inclined yeah. so it's like oh go help steel and we'll make technology and that sort of stuff have people be like hey you know they called us the second stringers of the superman family too and we we showed them <laughs> we have our we'll, own book now <laughs> yeah exactly we'll show them we'll all show them <laughs> bibbo continuing to be the best uh he's, he's great isn't he bibbo continuing to be the best that humanity has to offer yeah i i like this like i like how the kids want to go and help superman he's like yeah helping these civilians is helping he's helping superman it's it's what he would want it's beautiful stuff. And hey, they even bring back a storyline that I kind of forgot about, and that is, hey, how does Lex Luthor know all this stuff about Warworld? Well, someone on Superman's team was informing on him, and it turns out to be Manchester Black. Yeah, the, the obvious choice. The obvious choice. I'm like, oh yeah, I feel dumb for not thinking it was him. <laughs> but you can tell, like, he doesn't want to do it anymore, because he's like, okay, like, yeah. I, like Superman's, like, convinced me that, like, his way is the best way. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he's kind of a cool guy now. Fuck you, Luthor. Yeah, remorseful Manchester Black is pretty fun and pretty interesting. Yeah, and uh, but Lex uh, kidnaps him and wants to use him in Project Blackout, which was uh, introduced in the last issue of Son of Kal-El. Yes, it was. Yeah. I gotta say, I uh, I really like uh, kind of back-to-basics Luthor. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, just, I fucking hate Superman, I'm super smart, I'm an evil chess master, I'm gonna mess with the lives of everyone around me to do my bidding. Mm -hmm. It's great, I, I, I'm glad we're back to, yeah, the businessman, evil mm -hmm. genius Lex Luthor, who's just gonna get in a power suit and fight Superman. Yeah, he's not worried about taking over the multiverse or fighting yes. the Justice League or anything, he's getting he's getting back to what means the most to him, Matt, <laughs> messing with Superman. <laughs> You know, what really mattered? What really made him happy? Just <laughs> screwing with Superman and his extended family. Yeah. Which is good shit. I, I wonder if we'll see Luther do his own thing where it's like, you know, I'm trying to build my own extended family to fight yours. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, hey, where's where's my sister at these days? That's a good point. Yeah, where is she at? Yeah, yeah, she kind of disappeared after that Superwoman book. She yeah. fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got Mercy back now. I know Mercy kind of comes and goes. Mercy's going to be remember. turned into some type of monster in Lazarus' planet. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
There you go. He's going to build his family. What, what about his nephew? What about his nephew? <laughs> John Cryer? <laughs> yeah, can we bring John Cryer back into continuity? I don't think anyone would be mad <laughs> if we brought John Cryer can back. Can we bring Otis back? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to build the Luther family, and that's what we're going to do to fight the super family. The only problem is Luther's family's not that great, so he's got to turn him yeah. into monsters and do shit. Yeah, we'll bring back his drunk dad. Oh, yeah, exactly. Who, according to Scott Snyder, was actually part of that secret society for the totality. I guess we'll have to unwrite that. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, but remember, he was, like, super smart, but then didn't Vandal Savage, like, fuck with his mind or something and turn him into, like, an oh, alcoholic yeah. or something? Yes, that stuff still stood, but only because someone messed with his mind to yeah. make him a worthless drunk asshole. Yeah, yeah. Hey, did Luther have a dog? Luther had a dog, right? Or did he have a cat? Because I'm thinking, you know, we got uh, Crypto, the super dog. We need a Luthor pet. He needs like a... We'll give him a cat just because the cat is the evil one in that Super Pets film. There you go. The the cat, the opposite of the dog. Yeah, the hairless cat. Ah, uh, yes. The hairless cat that just goes around knocking stuff off desks. Yeah. Spitting up hairballs in your shoes. That's all it does. <laughs> Love it. So yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff. Action Comics continues to be great. It is. It's gonna be, it's gonna get even better by the sounds of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. To think, you know, it's like we're more excited with the Superman family of stuff than the Batman family of books at the moment. Yeah, I, I like. I, I mean, I like Chip Zdarsky's run, and that's Same. literally the only Batman, like the mainline Batman book, I'm reading at the moment. I'm not Likewise. reading Detective Comics because, because like, Same. I mean, I've heard good things, but like, I haven't for a Same. while. But like. Yeah, I guess it just exists, and it's kind of in a holding pattern by the sounds of it. Yeah, because they feel it feels like they never know what's happening with that. Obviously, we like Nightwing. Mm -hmm. Nightwing's good, and apparently, Nightwing is going to be the center of DC Dawn. So there mm -hmm. you go. Mm -hmm. He's right there on the fucking cover. Yep. Oh, the chat's saying he actually had an iguana in Super Pets. Was it? So a... there you go. No, in the in the new Super Pets movie, like the evil. Oh, uh, I think they're saying in, in the old oh, in, crypto in the, cartoon. Ah, okay. Yeah, because in the new Super Pets movie, uh, is is like a cat or something. It's some fucking thing he tested on. Maybe it was a right. hamster. I can't really remember. But it was, I do remember it was hairless and had green eyes. <laughs> I do like the idea of uh, Luther being a weird iguana guy, though, because it's yeah. green, kind of like his battle yeah. suit. It's cold-blooded. It's not nice to touch. It's hairless yeah. like him. Yeah, he'd have, like, some type of weirdo fucking like exotic animal that only he has yeah. or something yeah yeah you see when you're rich like me you can get uh, a kinkachu you can get like a weird fucking just, rich people animal the thanagarian snare beasts oh yes please <laughs> yes more thanagarian snare beasts please <laughs> it's just a big spider yeah that's all it is there's a big spider is all it is uh i had one last book uh what about you yeah i've got one more as well yeah all uh, right, you want to go first or should I? Uh, you can go first. Uh, I had Daredevil number five. Nice. How's that going? Well, speak of the devil, Chip Zdarsky, and we just did. He continues to move from strength to strength. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the last issue, Matt and Elektra got married, and it's like, oh, that's super cool. <laughs> and you're and you're thinking like, oh, well, this is just, you know, like a, like a symbolic thing for the fist, right? This new ninja group they're putting together, it won't do anything. <laughs> uh, actually, it does a lot. Okay. So apparently just them getting married means all of their rank and file henchmen now have superpowers. Ooh. They're faster, they're stronger, they're more durable, and because Foggy is technically a member, he has powers too for the first time ever. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> 
Yeah, he fucking loves it. He can run like a ninja. He can punch stuff. He's having a great time. <laughs> also, we find out that Doc Sasquatch is actually Matt's psychiatrist. Okay. In fact, he's the one he's talking to in, like, those black rooms. Okay, yeah. And it's really great because Doc Sasquatch is like, so, Matt, you're sure telling me you're on a mission from God a lot. Normally crazy people say that. (laughs) I'm not saying I don't agree with you. In fact, I find your faith very charming. But do you you think you're crazy, Matt? (laughs) And he's like, well, I did think I was crazy until I got these superpowers. And also, hey, this prophecy book that we had to translate ever since me and Electra got married, uh, it's translating itself now and giving us new prophecies. Oh, no. (laughs) So I think we're actually really on top of shit now. So, like, if I did think I was crazy, now I do legitimately think God is talking to me (laughs) and telling me to do this. (laughs) The only one who's not really on board is Cole North, but even Daredevil's like, good, yes, that's why I brought you here, Cole, to, you know, keep me honest and keep me from going off the deep end. Nice, nice. It's your job to feel uncomfortable, Cole. That's that's what I brought you here to do. (laughs) Uh, the next stage of their plan is like, okay, cool, we've got rank-and-file henchmen. We need to build our numbers, though. And, hey, because Daredevil went to prison, he completely changed his mind about, like, the prison industrial complex. Mm-hmm. So they break into the fucking Myrmidon. Oh, yeah, as you do. And they're like, hey, all you villains, many of you who got arrested during Devil's Reign, tell you what. Uh, I've completely changed the way I do things. Normally I beat you up and I throw you into cells. But now what I really want to do is help you defeat your own inner demon so together we can defeat the hand. So who who wants to join my new team? <laughs> and obviously all the villains are like, fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> we're, we're so in. Freaking Electra gets saved from falling off the jet by Stiltman. <laughs> So Stiltman is on their goddamn team oh, now. Stiltman's back from being a space god? Yep, he's back now and on their team. Well, maybe one of the other Stiltman, because there's been a couple Stiltman. Do you know who it is? or? No, they just said, hey, and that's why I'm Stiltman. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, because Stiltman was in the Iron Man book, and he, he like, escaped into, like, space and, and inadvertently became, like, the leader of a fucking cult. <laughs> maybe it's one of the other stilt men because there's been like five stilt men and there was like a stilt woman mm-hmm. so maybe it's one of them but i just think that's very funny that stilt man saved electra and is now part of the fist <laughs> uh but of course you know to get out of the building matt has to do battle with the warden and it's a u.s agent oh cool because isn't he always freaking doing yeah. security on these goddamn prisons yeah, he's always and- licking those boots he sh- Matt even says that where it's like, look, you know, friggin' John, everyone keeps telling me you're a good man with a good heart and you're just a little misunderstood. But every time I turn around, you're licking a new fascist boot. So <laughs> what, what am I even supposed to do here, man? But I but I tell you what, you come with me and I'll make you a better man. You know, I'll help you see the light to which John says, nah, I'm good with the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to fight you. And then Matt says the coldest, coolest shit ever. He turns off the lights and all you see is his like eyes in the dark. And he's like, no, John, if you were good with the Lord, he wouldn't have sent the devil. (laughs) And then when the lights turn back on, he's beating everyone up. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Zadarsky, you're the best. Never change. And then the final page is Iron Man and Captain America are watching the footage from this, and they're like, "Did did did we just see Daredevil break out a bunch of criminals? That's that's bad, right?" (laughs) 
And Steve Rogers is like, I don't know what's worse. The fact that he did it, didn't kill anyone, and also didn't erase his tracks. He wanted us to see this. <laughs> Daredevil's literally saying, come at me if you fucking dare. Yeah, I have the, I have the power of God and anime on my side. Literally, I have God and anime on my side. And <laughs> Iron Man and Captain America are like, I don't know what we should do in this situation. <laughs> This is even better because I'm reminded of Shadowland when it was the other Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor, and they did nothing during Shadowland and passed it off to the street level guys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if anything, this feels like Chip Zdarsky trying to like fix past mistakes to be like, no, 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 no. Now they're actually going to get involved for real this time. Mm -hmm. It's good shit. Nice. Nice. It's good, good shit. I love it. It's fucking great. Like, every time I think, like, oh, this book is going to have a bad issue or this next one won't be as good, I'm like, nope, it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's always, it's always been good. He's Him, uh, like, Chip Zdarsky, he's been, like, knocking it out of the park with both this and uh, and Batman. I don't know how he does it. The consistency yeah. on it. Yeah. I mean, I think with Daredevil, it's pretty simple, is that he's just given more freedom to do whatever he wants. True, yeah, yeah. But even his, like, Batman is, like, free to do seemingly whatever it wants like, ah, batman it's, of zero and R, ah fucking killer robots uh, to say that like oh this is batman's fault actually yeah batman's yeah own you're right it is a little bit more transgressive than you might think yeah but also in a batman's the best ever because like he built the best robot mm -hmm. he kind of gets to have his cake and eat it too and that's so i i was thinking about this the other day i think the reason that his batman book is so great is because it really encapsulates and plays with the idea of what a Batman story can be. And the answer is a Batman story can be anything. In anything. fact, it can be, it can be many different things within the same arc. Yeah. Actually, it can be fighting the penguin and saving a big gala ball. It can be going to space. Yes. It can be fighting alongside the justice league. And I'm like, it can be hanging out with the sidekicks. I'm like, Oh yeah, a Batman story can be anything because he's such a great character. You can literally sub him into anything and it works. Yeah, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be the gritty crime noir that mm. people seem to think he always must be. The fact you can flip back and forth between several genres all at mm -hmm. once. And I'm like, oh, he gets that, Zadarsky. And that is a Batman we haven't had for a bit. Yep. Which is why every issue is a joy because you never know what the next issue is going to be. Yeah, well, what's he going to bring back this issue? <laughs> Yeah, what's he gonna do? I don't know. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was my last one. That was Daredevil. Continues to be great. Will almost certainly be on the best of list this year, which I fought between that and Batman. I'm like, well, shit, he can't have two spots, Chip <laughs> Zdarsky, can he? Yeah, you could lump them in together and be like, these are both really fucking awesome. Read them both. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to do honorable mentions again. It's like, look, friggin' Daredevil wins again, but Batman <laughs> gets a very honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. Or something like that. You know, I should put Batman on the list and be like, Daredevil gets an honorable mention because it's been on like the last two, three years in a row. Mm -hmm. It's got to gotta make some room for other people. I, I call that the Jason Aaron clause because like his Thor made it on my list like multiple years in a row when he was writing it. Yeah, well, it was a good book, yeah. It was a fucking good book. It was like, yeah, it was the best one here. Uh, what was your last one, Matt? Uh, my last one was uh, this new Star Wars event, Hidden Empire, issue one. Yeah, we're doing more stuff with Solo's wife, isn't it? This is a big thing now? No, no, no. That That's Santa Star. She's getting an, uh, her own Solo series uh, very soon. Um, uh, but this one is all about uh, Kira and Crimson Dawn. This is the third and final chapter of uh -huh. Charles Soule's giant Crimson Dawn trilogy he's been writing. Wow, this was huge. Through War of the Bounty Hunters and then Crimson Rain and now the Hidden Empire. Uh, 
Damn. And this is, yeah, this is the culmination of everything where the Empire now knows that Crimson Dawn is behind all the shit that's been going wrong with them, where, like, uh, crime syndicates are attacking each other and attacking the Empire, and Palpatine finds out that Kira's behind it all, learns that, like, Maul taught her everything, and we find out exactly what she has been building towards, because Crimson Reign all built towards her finding this... Uh, ancient artifact and we don't know what it is but this issue explains what it is and it's called the fermata cage and mm. we learn that it's a device that can take a piece of reality and freeze it in time mm, that sounds pretty powerful yeah and it's implied that inside the piece of reality that it has currently in in its cage uh is an ancient sith lord and we find out Kira's plan is to unleash this Sith Lord who will then enact the rule of two and kill Vader and Palpatine, uh, thus getting rid of the Empire and getting rid oh. of the people who are in control of the galaxy. That's a pretty big, big brain idea. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't all go as planned because Palpatine obviously ever. finds where Kira is and her ship, the Vermilion, is destroyed and Palpatine thinks she she is dead, but she's not. She was hiding on another ship. Um, and they try and access the Fermata cage and that's when Palpatine figures out that, oh, fuck, they found it. Uh, I've got to stop her before she ends up opening it because that this is like a big problem. Um, so Vader is sent off to be in his own book and hunt her down. Um, and we learn that her opening this she, to open it, they needed force users, so they used mm. the Knights of Ren. Um, oh, holy shit! Yeah, I forgot we worked them back yeah. in when the movies didn't. Yeah, yeah. So they use the Knights of Ren, uh, all who have they don't have a lot of force power, but they but all together they have enough to like activate this machine. But in doing so, it's mm. kind of like a Hellraiser sort of situation Ooh, where to, the, they they have the lament configuration yeah they're, they're like they're like all like hooked in with like chains and shit and like draws off their like blood and energy and everything uh cool. and after the device is is finished activating ren's like yeah fuck this shit that hurt you know fuck your plans we're <laughs> we're going, going off on our own. we're going off on our own don't call us you know lose our number fuck this <laughs> so you'll see us in like another generation maybe. yeah 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 you'll see us and then like yeah i'll i'll be killed by uh by ben solo and then nothing will ever happen with us and then we'll all die yeah, on exogun yeah damn <laughs> yeah uh, what a way to go yeah and the book just ends with like all the um all the respective other star wars books getting like their sort of story set out because like mm. darth vader is going to be hunting down Cura and the Fermata Cage. Uh, the the rebels are, are still trying to like uh, catch up with these um, uh, dissidents that betrayed the Empire and have information on the second Death Star. Uh, right. And bounty hunters are like still working for Cura and everything. And yeah, it, it was a pretty cool setup to like all all of what's going to be happening within the next like year and a half of Star Wars. There was an wow. issue also released this week that was. Is, is, it was also sort of similar to that. It's called Revelations. I haven't read it yet, but that also is meant to like set up what's happening as we itch closer towards Return of the Jedi. Nice. Man, the amount of work that Soul and company have put into oh. this. I don't, I don't think people really like fully comprehend it like yeah, soul, oh God. <laughs> like soul was a hot up-and-coming young comic writer for the superhero side of things now he only writes star wars yeah he's not only is he writing this comic he's uh overseeing the high republic and like writing yeah. novels and shit in between it 
as well. And like, and like this work is going to go on to like, you know, I think inspire a whole new generation. Like even the people who turn up their nose now, like, it's not my continuity. It's not what I, you know, memorized in legends and whatever. Yeah. But this is going to be that for a whole younger generation mm. who are going to grow up and eventually write on star Wars themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Again, and this man got to be the architect of it all. Like, I think there will come a time when he's going to be right up there, the name Charles Soule with, you know, Lucas and, you know, the Clone Wars guy and everything else. I mean, everything he's already given to Star Wars uh, canon and everything just in, like, the High Republic alone, he's developed yeah. an entire era. Yeah, in a very short amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty goddamn impressive, you know. Give Give the man his flowers. Exactly. Uh, I guess before we properly end the show this week, uh, hey, a success story, actually. Obviously, of course, if you followed the show, uh, our sponsor for all of last month was Omari Malik and his new Kickstarter uh, project, Black Tooth uh, Battalion. Omari wrote me a very nice letter. Uh, he met his goal. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, we were Fuck really yeah. pulling for that. Feeling good. Yeah, I met his goal. He's, you know, shipping out all the books now to the uh, 109 backers. And he gave us a very nice thank you to both you and me and everyone else uh, in the Comic Multiverse fans out there, who I know many of which actually did choose to back mm -hmm. the project. So thank you very much. And he said, hey, let's stay in touch. And, you know, I hope I can talk to you about my next project. And I'm like, yeah, man, I hope you can, too. I hope you become a big success because I think you got it. I think you got the touch. You got the power. Or all the stuff Stan Bush talked about. Yeah, and I mean, if he's already sending out the books, that's that's a good sign. Hey, good, good Kickstarter project done right. Yeah. Again, like I said, dude, you know, not only had three great pitches for the price of one with solid art, you know, ideas we hadn't seen before, but also really professional, well put together Kickstarter page and yes. everything else. If I ever did a Kickstarter, I'd be like, yo, Omari, do you want to run this for me? Because <laughs> yours is really good and really spoke to me. Yeah, Functorial there saying he's one of the best. Well, there you go, man. <laughs> so, yeah, good success story there. Again, you know, if you want to use the comic multiverse as a promotion tool, we are capable of it. Believe it or not, we can make it happen. Definitely, definitely. <clears throat> Got that uh, comic multiverse bump. Yeah, that's good to hear. Absolutely. Good success story, especially as we head into the holiday season. Our American friends just had their Thanksgiving. Well, I'm thankful for this, that we could help and make this happen. Yeah, yeah. In fact, hey, you know what? I think this is the year I am actually going to do that public domain uh, friggin' Christmas charity stream. I'm oh, thinking nice. I want to. I'm thinking I'm going to do it. I want to do it eight to eight. So I want to try and see if I can go a full eight hours mm -hmm. to do it. I'm picking out stuff right now. I'm doing the overlays. I think I can make it happen. I just need to pick a good day for it. I want to do it like the first week of uh american christmas holiday there i was aiming for thursday the second i might put out a poll later to see when more people show up but yeah i would like to do that i would like to do a proper real charity stream this year nice nice mm -hmm. i've already tracked down some really good public domain stuff in fact there's a lot of really fun like obscure canadian christmas material mm -hmm. okay that a lot of people have actually put up for free. Nelvana has put up a ton of their stuff for free actually on YouTube, which means I can watch it. Nice. So I'm definitely going to give that a try. I'm going to try and get you and some other people in to maybe book some time. I'll have to maybe learn how to use discord for real so I can get you guys in. So I don't go crazy and I'm not just talking <laughs> to myself. Yeah, it was, it's pretty easy to use. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm not just talking to myself. And hey, by then I'll have my new quadcast mic and my new uh, Razer camera and everything. So it'll look really nice too. And I think the charity I want to do it for is the One Parent Network here in uh, in Ontario. They help support single parents, not just at Christmas time, but all the time. Apparently, Twitch gives you the option to like pick a charity. The only problem is, is they don't have any Canadian charities. It's all American, mm-hmm. which is probably because of international tax law. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to see me all go crazy for eight hours, I'll do that. <laughs> Obviously, if I do it that week, we won't have a show that week. But hopefully by then, Matt and I will have banked our Christmas show by then. That's the plan. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, usually the couple weeks in the lead up for it are a little hectic because we got to do a show and bank a show. And then I'm going to do an insane endurance stream. <laughs> It'll be like my desert bus, so you know if you want to come in the last couple of hours and watch me totally lose my mind, <laughs> you can watch me eat food directly into the microphone. You can watch me sweat. Yeah, you you have to turn the mic all the way up and eat into the mic, right into the microphone. Yeah, 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 just like that. Yep, just terrify people who have certain ear issues. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be great. We're gonna watch black and white stuff from the '30s. Will it be racist? I don't know. We'll Probably. see. Probably. Got like old black and white uh, Laurel and Hardy movies. I thought too it would be fun that like, okay, we'll do all like the bad stuff and the weird stuff, but I'll like sub in like a good thing. Like we'll watch that defunct land video where he talks about like Christmas theme parks. Oh, yeah. Or we'll watch like that very British problems episode with like David Tennant and everything where they talk about like the awkwardness of British Christmas. I'm like, that's <laughs> fun. We'll, we'll sub that in there. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to do that, everyone. Keep your eyes out. I'll do it on Patreon and Twitter. I'll do, like, a little uh, little poll to see what day we should do it on. But I'm thinking the Thursday I want to aim it for. Cool. Cool. Thursday the 22nd. So thank you, everyone, for watching and listening and hanging out. We hope you had a lot of fun. Shorter episode this week because there just wasn't that much going on. But hopefully that means Matt and I can actually catch up on books like X-Men. Yes. We're both three issues behind on X-Men. Yes, yes. Oh, I, yeah, I've read the first of the three issues, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone in the chat saying, any updates on when we'll see the return of the D20 Degenerates? I really want to do it. The problem is you ever try and get four adults to agree on a day to come and do something? <laughs> it's it's very hard. <laughs> yeah, the, the episode is written. This is why most D&D games, let alone D&D shows, fall apart. Everyone is so busy and the holidays are super busy. My goal is to try and maybe aim for New Year's at some point. Nice. I would love to get them all back into New Year's. I would love to finish episode six part two (laughs) before 2023 that is my ultimate goal (laughs) you know maybe maybe we'll get a christmas miracle and make it happen but everyone's seeing family everyone's doing other stuff josh i think is actively locked out of twitter because he had two-factor authentication oh yeah like if everyone knows like hey how come we haven't seen josh but i'd actually track him down on instagram and like everything else and like discord like hey josh man are you okay i haven't seen you in a couple days you all right (laughs) he he wrote me back he's fine everyone everything is good he just got locked out of twitter because twitter is a fucking dumpster fire at the moment (laughs) but yes all right thank you everyone for watching and listening i promise i am going to bring the show to an actual real deal and uh be sure to catch me and matt next week where we're going to get to do it all over again yeah it's going to be great yeah bye-bye everyone yeah